This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. All right. Oh, man. Jaden, what's up, man? It's good to have you here, man. Thank you for having me in your humble abode. (laughs) First time using the uh, podcast studio for an in-person podcast, so you're breaking it in, yeah. Really? Got this whole thing set up just a couple weeks ago, so ready to roll. I'm glad that we we could come together and do this. When I first... uh, when we first started chatting, I, I thought you lived in Phoenix and then I drove out here and I realized you did not live in Phoenix. <laughs> it was like an hour drive out here, but I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I was able to make it. Yeah, Santan Valley is uh, not quite Phoenix. Not quite. <laughs> uh, when did you move out here? Uh, you know, we, um, we got this place like four or five months ago, but uh, we've been gone all summer in Canada, so we okay. just got back like a month ago. Were you in Canada on pleasure or business? Uh, escaping the heat. So uh, Arizona's a little too hot for me in the summer, being from Canada, having yeah. acclimatized. So yeah, I try to get out for a couple months every year. This year we went to Canada. Last year we went to Hawaii for a couple months. So mm-hmm. just, yeah, just escaping. <laughs> and were you born here in Arizona? No, so I'm originally from Canada. Met my wife in Hawaii oh, at wow. school. So then uh, her family's all down. Did you go to University of Hawaii? Uh, BYU Hawaii, North Shore. Okay, yeah. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah, it's a small university on the North Shore. It's, it's pretty nice because wow. it's where all the good waves are. So good for good for surfing. <laughs> so what made you want to go to Hawaii? Uh, actually, both my parents went to school there at the same one, the same university I went to. So growing up, we'd like, I have family that lives there, a couple aunts that live out there. So we'd go visit them and then we'd tour the campus. and. It was actually the only university I applied for. I was like, I'll either go to BYU Hawaii or I'll just or I'll just do entrepreneurship and not go to college because I only want to go to Hawaii. So it ended up working out good. So you ended up actually doing both. You got your college yes. and then now Yeah, I well so I studied uh marketing and entrepreneurship at college. Like I was certificate in entrepreneurship, not like that really matters or means anything, but uh, yeah, it ended up being super fun and it was a good experience. So yeah. I liked it. They have a really awesome entrepreneurship department at the school there. Interesting. So, yeah, it was cool. So since you brought it up, I'm curious, um, how do you feel like, or, or do you feel like that your um, educational experience prepared you to actually enter into the real the real world in a business? Uh, you know, I mean, there's... There's lots of concepts that I didn't really grasp before that I could say were useful, like just like the concept of accounting, for example. Like yeah. I took an accounting class, almost nothing in that class like I'm gonna remember or personally use, but you know, like now I know what my accountant does. So I don't know, but perhaps some of it wasn't as useful, but I, I definitely got a lot out of it. And as far as the entrepreneurship department goes, it was really awesome. They had a lot of guys that they'd come and teach classes and they were people that had you know successfully created hundred million dollar company and then they come and teach a class and there's like 20 of you there and you can like ask them questions one-on-one like that to me was like amazing yes. so that that was awesome that's the value right? yeah and like if people ask me like should you go to college or not i'm a big fan of like college because a obviously right good safety net good networking opportunity and like right when i got started after graduating i got a great job only because i went to college was able to do that for a couple years until i could do my own thing full time. What was your first job? Uh, first job, I worked at a company, uh, just like a supply chain company, and um, I did their digital marketing and like kind of content and stuff, social media and all that kind of stuff. So it was a good paying job, and uh, it helped me like get a, my first house, qualify for that, which I turned into an Airbnb, and yep. kind of get everything like lined up so that after two years I was able to quit and then just do my own thing. So we were just chatting before we we hopped on the mic. Um, I've got an Airbnb as well. Um, What do you feel like kind of prompted you to want to just jump into that world? Was it just something that came about and... Oh, dude, I think like what's amazing is um, like all the YouTuber, all the finance YouTubers are huge while I was in college. I, I watched all the those guys like Graham Stephan. So I think I'd seen a Graham Stephan video where he talked about house hacking. Yeah. And that I was so grateful for because that gave me the whole concept and that was the whole plan. So when we bought our first house, 
We got a house with a mother-in-law suite. Uh, we originally lived in the mother-in-law suite and rented out the main house. And then we we're about to have a, a, a kid, a second kid, and we're like, we're not gonna fit here anymore. So we switched into the main part of the house and rented out the mother-in-law suite, but it was awesome. E either way we did it, it always paid for the mortgage of the whole house. So it was just like, nice. we got a free house yeah. to stay in. And definitely helped everything up a lot. Little extra coming in. Yeah, after that. exactly. Dude, so you're you're doing so much. You're 26, right? Mm -hmm. So you have two kids. Yep. You have this business, which we're gonna get to here in a mm -hmm. second. I know you got an Airbnb here as yep. well. What else are you doing that you haven't shared with me yet? <laughs> well, I, dude, I've tried like a hundred <laughs> things, right? Like just, it's always, you know, you see everything on YouTube. So I'd just try it. My wife, yeah. we got into like, uh, right before we really launched our app, my wife saw like a bunch of people doing like furniture flipping on YouTube. And so uh, we got into that side hustle for a summer and we made a YouTube channel out of it, which was kind of like, honestly, the fun. We probably made, I don't know what we made off of it, somewhere between 10 and 20 grand in like a, in like a, probably like somewhere around 10 grand, I imagine, in, in a few months. But it was fun because we, we did like a whole YouTube channel with it, networked with a bunch of really cool YouTubers. I got like 2,500 subscribers on my YouTube channel. So it was kind of, that was kind of fun. And uh, that was a fun side hustle. We've tried lots of different ones. My main things that I do though is Airbnb. Um, so now we have the one house with the two halves that we rent. And then um, my app, which is like my main focus that I spend all my time on. And then I also, back when I was in college, I used to create music and put it on Spotify. Yeah. And so I have a bunch of that that just passively kind of pays. So those are like my three things, but it was really the Airbnb and Spotify that let me quit my job and do the app. And then the app was able to start making some money too. For sure. I feel like we're very similar in that we both, like when we get an idea, we just, we go right at it. We don't spend a lot of time in this limbo state of like analyzing and thinking about, totally. should I do it? It's just like, no, I have this idea or this opportunity. Like, oh yeah. See what totally. I can make it. Yeah, those are my three things that worked really good. I have yeah. like at least 20 other things I tried that didn't really work. Me too. Like, Whatever. Yep. <laughs> But you learn through those things. Oh, and totally, totally. You fail fast and you move on, right? Totally. And you take everything you learn from those and apply them to your next thing. So totally. Do you feel like, how long do you feel like it took you to learn how to, how to fail or how to move on to something new when something that you were working on just wasn't working? Uh, I think, um, like being married, I got married pretty young. And okay. so I think having a wife <laughs> was really good uh, for me in that aspect, because if something didn't work for too long, she was usually pretty quick to, you know, tell me to chop it off and move right. on to something different. So uh, that worked really good, especially when you have kids and, you know, you got your life going in a family, you kind of have to make sure whatever you're doing is making it's some working. sort of money or working yeah. in some sort of way. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was probably a, a contributor to that. That makes sense, man. So you were kind of forced to grow up and learn quickly and yeah, like, exactly. kind of do things the right way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I, I do want to get into the app, but I'm curious, um, before we move into that phase of the conversation, uh, the app obviously is focused on you know affirmations, self-love, um, manifestation, and helping people to do that. But in terms of what brought you to the point where you took on that project, um, describe to me, I guess, your own awakening experience and what that looks like when that you went through that and just kind of what led up to, to the app. Yeah. So for me personally, like pretty much my whole life, uh, I've used affirmations. My parents were always really big proponents of like goal setting and your mindset. Um, and my dad specifically was always uh, really big on goal setting. He was an entrepreneur, started his own company out of college and that's kind of what he always did. Um, and so, yeah, really big on that. And then I think it was like when The Secret came out and like mm. all those kind of my movies, my parents were like, this is awesome. And yes. so they made us all watch that. And uh, yeah, that kind of just opened my mind to just how powerful our minds are and the effect of, you know, our mindset and our positivity on our outcome. And so from that time for the rest of my life through college, I had like some affirmations I would say to myself whenever things were hard. Um, and uh, I, I, uh, my parents were really good examples of this growing up. We had, we would every year we'd create vision boards. Um, and so I, it's kind of fun. Like if I ever go back and visit like my old house growing up in the attic or in the crawl space, there's like a stack of my old stuff and I see all my old vision boards and it's cool looking at like these pictures of all the things I wanted to accomplish and seeing everything I accomplished growing up mm. that was on there. So that's a really big thing for me. And then I guess the biggest, like, uh, like 
thing in my life that was like, oh my gosh, this like works and this is awesome was growing up. Um, so my mom, she, she, her family, when she was 16, bought a sailboat, sailed to the South Pacific, stopped in American Samoa for hurricane season, and then they just like never left. And so she grew up like from 16 till she left to college in American Samoa. Always, we always heard these amazing stories of the South Pacific growing up. And we were always like, we want to do this like amazing sailboat trip someday. And so uh, our family, we would always create vision boards. And every year we're always, you know, sticking boats on the, on the vision board saying we want to do it. And uh, when I was, I think like 16, 17, no, I was, uh, yeah, I must like 15, 16, we made a vision board and we put the South Pacific all over this thing, put like this catamaran, this exact catamaran we wanted on this. And we're like, we're going to do like the big sailing trip. Yeah. And uh, time kind of ticked by. And finally I was like, look, like in one year, I'm off to do my first semester in college. Like I'm going to be gone. I was, you know, like kind of like really, uh, ready to get out and just like move and do stuff, you know? So I was like, I'm going to be gone no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, like we have to make this happen now. And so in the course of a couple months, my dad got a manager for his business. We packed up our whole house, emptied everything out of it, had it rented, uh, got a sailboat, got to San Francisco where we bought the sailboat and like, Made and made it happen and we did a whole year sailing trip and so for me that was like one of the biggest things it was probably on our vision board for like a year we stuck it like on a main door in our house that uh to walk to the kitchen you had to see it every single day seeing this catamaran in the south pacific right and then us like fast forward to like one year later actually doing that and doing like an entire year sailing trip yes uh for me i was like i'm like absolutely sold on like visualization okay. and vision boards and kind of like the power of your mind so with that being said, you know, obviously when it comes to creating what we what we want in the physical world, there's different degrees of of you know difficulty in actually manifesting those things, right? Like mm-hmm. bigger long-term things, more expensive things are gonna take more time inherently than mm-hmm. shorter, easier things to accomplish. Right, right. Um how do you feel like that experience kind of stacks up against some of the things that you had visualized and created prior and then looking back now you know how do you feel like that set the stage for what you were able to learn about manifestation and and creating what you what you want in the world yeah well i'm a i also am like a big believer in like it's not just like you set like this one massive goal and then it like magically happens like there's a lot of things that have to lead up into it right so like even for me today like i listen to affirmations every single day like i listen to affirmation meditations usually i'll do it when i'm running um and uh for me i have like these big goals you know like with my app and with like different aspects of my life i have these like big kind of pillar goals and things that i'm like working on and visualizing we have a you know we have our own vision board now as well with my wife but uh i also have like broken down smaller stepping stones to those goals that i also focus on every single day so i actually have notifications on my phone that pop up every day and I have uh, three goals specifically that I like that I have pop up and I look at those so yeah I'm a really big uh, believer in um, make your big huge goal make it like audacious and crazy and then look at like what the steps you need to take to get there are and focus on knocking those things out so 100% bro yeah big I'm a big uh, big believer in that I think too many people I think people set the, the big hairy audacious goal, but they focus too heavily on that and mm-hmm. not enough on the, I call them micro steps mm-hmm. to actually get them from point A to point Z. And due to that, they they either end up taking way longer to, to get there or they never get there at all. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that it's it's a process, totally. especially to create something big and, and you know, life-changing like a business. Totally. So, uh, yeah, that. thank you for sharing that. Um, talk to me about the, the idea or the genesis for the app. Like, how did that come about? And yeah. So like I said, right, like I'm always, I've always been a big fan of affirmations. Yeah. Um, when we were in college, my wife was, we're about to graduate. My wife was pregnant with our first um, son and she had a lot of just like stress and anxiety kind of around pregnancy being a new mom like the whole experience in college oh my gosh yeah she like took a semester off where she gave birth and then like I graduated and then she went back to school for like her last semester while I was like watching the kid like yeah we had to there's a lot of planning and everything and it was definitely stressful but um she uh, talked to one of her friends who recommended she listen to these like affirmation meditations 
about like pregnancy and being a mom and stuff. And so she'd play them out loud and every morning when she's going to, uh, when she's waking up or when we're going to bed at night where I'm like laying in bed listening to these like, you are a strong woman. Like you can birth this baby. Like, you know, I was, I was like things and it's like funny, <laughs> but it was like mind blowing to me to see like the mindset shift she went through because yeah. she went from being in this place of like, you know, stressed and anxious to all of a sudden she was like super excited, super pumped. She's like, I got this. Like, I'm amazing. I was born to do this. Like totally shifted her mindset and mentality. And so for me, uh, seeing that I was like, holy smokes, like this is like a concept I've believed in my whole life and I've practiced to a degree, but I've never went like hard on like daily meditation and like all that kind of stuff. And so um, I was like, you know, this would be kind of cool if I create affirmation meditations around areas I can obviously relate to more than pregnancy and childbirth. So I started creating them around business and relationships and a bunch of different areas, um, mostly just like for myself or whatever. And I, uh, I put a bunch of them out on Spotify just for fun to kind of see like what would happen or whatever. With your own voice? Mm -hmm. like just my own voice. Yep. Yeah, just my okay. own voice, wrote some affirmations, recorded my own voice. And uh, then they like completely blew up. So wow. completely unexpected, they blew up, they got really big. And my wife who studied computer science is like, well, we need to turn this into an app because if people wanna make it personalized, they wanna record their own voice or change the voices or change mm -hmm. the background music to make like a really personal experience that you're not just gonna get listening to like a YouTube video or something. So that's kind of where we got started with the, uh, the whole idea for the app from. Yes, yeah, so I'm glad you brought up YouTube as well because another question that I have for you around that is, um, obviously there are, there are so many, you know, YouTube videos out there and I'm sure other things on Spotify with affirmations. A lot of them are pretty similar. You might mm -hmm. have like a different person or on a different channel. It might sound a little bit different with different music. Um, but what, what do you think is or was missing from what was already existing out there in the public domain when you kind of really got serious about it? Yeah. Well, for my own, like my own voice, I think there just wasn't like a ton of content on like. Apple Music and Spotify. Okay. Uh, so that's what made those things work really good. Now there's a lot more, but back then there wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then like, as far as like our app goes, you know, you can listen to um, affirmations or whatever, but like, if you don't like the person's voice, it's stuck. If you don't yeah. like the music in the background, maybe you love their voice, you love the content, but the music is kind of like lame or like, you know, you want to like add more nature sounds or maybe you want to hear your own voice saying it or make your own personal ones. Like none of that exists. And so that's kind of where the app was like, really uh, a powerful tool for people to be able to really personalize. Got it. Okay. So this is really more than an affirmation app. This is really like a palette of customizable content. Yeah. Yeah. So people can go record their own voice, saying their own affirmations, and then they yeah. can layer music in the background. They can layer different like nature sounds. Um, I have like people that requested, I put like the sound of someone like counting a stack of money or something. So pe some people like to like listen to like money affirmations right. with those kind of sound effects in the background. So there's a lot of different things that, uh, yeah, people can do to like really personalize that experience. I believe in affirmations. I think they're real. I think they're extremely helpful, you know, at, at certain points in, in your creational journey or experience. Um, and I think what I've seen for, for me at least is, you know, working with affirmations to activate certain inner recogni recognitions or realizations that can then either expand your mind or show you kind of the next step along the horizon. I think, I do think that a lot of people are sort of over reliant on meditation and affirmations in hopes that it will do the thing for them or mm -hmm. create the thing for them or that mm -hmm. all they have to do is say their affirmations and magically mm -hmm. like the thing is just gonna right. appear in their life. Yeah. So for affirmations to really be effective, you know, something we talk a lot about just like on our app and like in our marketing and stuff, there's a few things, right? Obviously saying an affirmation, saying the words is gonna do like absolutely nothing for you. There's a ton of research and science behind them for what they do psychologically for you and how that works. And so what makes them effective and what makes them powerful is number one, when you say an affirmation is to visualize what that looks like in reality. So if I'm saying something like, you know, I'm a successful business owner, I'm a millionaire, like those words mean nothing unless in my mind I'm visualizing like, what does a successful business look like to me? What does it look like for me to be a millionaire? What will I be doing? What will I be thinking? What will I be saying? How will I feel like yeah. really to like visualize that and to get the emotion and the feeling behind that? Yeah. Um, and then that, what that does is it, it puts that into your subconscious mind. And if you repeat your affirmations and really visualize them every, you know, every day or whatever, 
um, it keeps those goals top of mind for you. And as you go throughout your day, you're going to start noticing opportunities to take steps towards accomplishing those goals. So it's like, if I truly believe I'm a successful business owner and I say that to myself every single day and I visualize that, then when I'm, you know, working on my laptop, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is whatever this opportunity or thing I see is, I'm going to take advantage of this because this is going to bring me towards my goal that I'm focusing on on a daily basis. I actually just started reading a new book yesterday called Subliminal about the subconscious mind. Um, mm. And it's, it's really good so far. But uh, I think another important thing with affirmations, you know, to, to realize is that they are working on the subconscious. So mm -hmm. like I said, things are being shifted and activated that we might not even realize when we're doing some of these, what might feel like more mundane types of, of creational work, affirmations mm -hmm. and meditation. It's really about, um, it's really about, you know, making those subtle shifts and understanding that they are happening on a subconscious level. The more time that you put in and the more mm -hmm. work you do with with whatever tool that right. you use. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so, OK, so, you know, you're starting to to kind of put this idea together. You know, you're you're you've identified a, a need in the marketplace um, in terms of taking it from an idea to a business. Right. Talk to me about how much planning did you put into it? Did you know what your business model was going to be when you started? What was that initial thing? Yeah, totally. So the business model was easy for like apps. We just did a subscription model. You get premium where you get like all of the content or if you want just a little bit of content for free and a little bit of the options, you can do that. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of like other, obviously like meditation is like a really common thing. So that's how the other meditation apps did it. So that was kind of obvious for us. Um, as far as like getting it going and planning, uh, before I like really jumped in, I hadn't done like a crazy amount of planning. I had a proof of concept. I was getting like about 50,000 streams a month on my affirmations that I put on Spotify. So I'm like, obviously people like this content. There's a need. Yeah. yeah, there's a need. And so, but having that proof of concept where I actually had done something and seen some sort of success or results was really important for the next step, uh, which is actually something I did learn in school. Uh, I had a teacher and in one of his classes, he, he said, uh, you know, if you want someone to help you with something, like one of the best things you can do is just go ask for advice on how to get help. And um, so like what that looked like for me is I went to like this one professor in particular and was like, hey, I have this idea for an app. Um, I've seen the success over here. You know, I think it'd be important for me to like get funding. How would you recommend I go about like getting funding for mm -hmm. this idea? And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Like I know this guy that like does this thing. And he's like, in fact, I would even be interested in like helping fund it or whatever. Um, so yeah, that was kind of funny. And then it ended up, uh, we went, he had someone that he recommended that we talked to that ended up being an angel investor that kind of got us like started on the whole process. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty, a pretty powerful option when people are looking at starting some sort of software, some sort of business. Uh, if you don't have like the financial means to like get it done, finding angel investors is a good option. Um, but you know, that being said, Another really good option is to just co-found it or partner with the technical founder. So if you, if you, you're not going to have necessarily a friend or a person, you know, but you can go to things like angel list or there's other different like websites. LinkedIn is a really good place and find people that are, um, find people that know the tech stack you need to do your app, right? Like they do iOS development or whatever. Um, and talk to them. And if you can sell one of them on coming on, you can usually give them a, some sort of split of the equity in the business and they do the work on the technical side and you can do it. But if you're technical, then, you know, just create your own app and do thing. So what did you do? Did you go out and find a developer? So we, yeah, we had the angel investor and then we actually got started on the app. We made like an MVP just yep. based off of like the angel investor, what they invested in. Um, the MVP, it was made by like a development team in India, it took a really long time, was kind of low quality. So we just released it for free to begin with, just to see what would happen. We ended up uh, getting 15,000 users on it. So we're like, okay, people like it. Then it had some issues. So we took it off the app store, got an uh, American developer and uh, worked with him to get the whole thing kind of like rebuilt pretty much with a lot higher quality and then yeah. yeah. Kind of going from it. So I'm assuming then that you're funded the initial development mm -hmm. overseas, and most of the most of the second round too. But we had okay. the we had like the uh, the CTO, the new guy that we brought in, do a lot of the managing of that. And what? Where did you find your American um, teammate? For me, it was just like a friend I had in college. who's just okay. like really good at development. Um, 
And, but I do have like another friend who did like a really similar like path with his whole software company. And he literally just went on LinkedIn. He knew that for his business, it needed to be developed in something called Flutter. So he just went on LinkedIn to look for Flutter developers right. and started hitting them all up and talking to them. And then he ended up just giving a developer 10% of his company. And the guy literally like built a ton of the code. He had a full-time job working at like SoFi. So like making a lot of money at like a, another big tech company. Yeah. Um, and just kind of did it on the side, but he built the whole thing. And then my buddy just worked full-time on marketing and growing and infrastructure and designing and like doing it, you know? Is there a percentage that you would recommend or that you would say, don't don't give away more than this when you're bringing on your first partner? It depends how you do it. Like if you co-found right off the bat with somebody, um, you know, it's not crazy to just split it with them. Okay. Um, but you can usually keep more equity if you get something like built yourself. So like for us, uh, you know, we built the MVP, proved it worked. We had like a working app. So when we brought a new guy in, we didn't have to give him like a ton of equity because we had like a working product, it, you know, we had the marketing figured out and the product, we just need to make the product better. Right. Uh, for my friend, when he got the guy and gave him like 10%, it was, um, he'd already spent like a lot of his own money to develop it. And then that guy just came, made it a lot better. So yeah, it depends how you do it. But I mean, if you co-found something with someone right off the bat, then usually you split it a lot more evenly. Do you think the most co-founders coming in right off the bat are going to prefer to receive equity versus an hourly or like even a salary pay if you have an angel on board or no? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like, yeah, it depends where you are with your money. If you don't have money like an angel, then you're just gonna have to do some sort of equity thing. But if you have money, then maybe you don't even give up equity. You just hire someone to do hourly work on it. Yeah, for sure. So obviously bringing somebody in or uh, even an angel um, at those initial stages, they have to see the vision and they have to feel passionate and they have to feel pretty confident that what you have is going to work and mm -hmm. um, at least has a high probability of, of seeing some success. Um, I'm curious how your, how your co-founder and your angel or team of angels kind of responded when you first shared that idea with them like was there a pitch did you just kind of lay it out there was it like yeah well like um it was funny so I, going back to like i talked to that first guy and was like hey like how do you recommend i go about like getting funding for this or something and he's like oh i know a guy that invests in companies like that and right then that guy was calling him on the phone so he literally picked up the phone he's like hey man what's up i'm with like Jaden right here and he has this like awesome idea he wants to pitch to you I dude I think this is a super cool thing we should totally go to into business on this together I'll set you up with a meeting with him and the guy's like oh yeah cool like let's whatever whatever so like that right there and that like some version of that is like one of the most powerful things that you can have if you can yeah. have someone that like refers you yeah um even when you do further rounds of funding like you want you want someone to like make an introduction for you you don't want to say like hey, what's up? I'm this guy. I have this idea that's like, eh. but if someone's like, hey, this is my friend. They're really good at this. I'd like to introduce you. I know you, you know, you invest in companies. I think this would be a cool fit. Like, would you want to do a meeting with them? Like you will have like a 90% higher chance of success with that investor than if you just try to like cold outreach them. Not to say like you can't be successful cold outreaching. You also can do that. But uh, some sort of like referral is really golden. Yeah. yeah so, so once that happened, then I met with the guy. Uh, I came up with like some sort of pitch together. I mean, like it was just a complete concept at the time and I'm literally just graduated college. So like, you know, um, really new to everything. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think having falling back on like, hey, look, I tried this in a small scale with my like Spotify and it worked was like what was able to like cinch it for them. They're like, okay, you made something that worked. It actually like makes money. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what uh, helped that. Looks like the recording stopped on the camera. Oh, okay. Let me see if it's... Edit this out. Comes in one, about 30 minutes. Okay, cool. So obviously then, you know, networking, you know, um, referrals and being willing to work with others and even asking them to help open doors for you is is ideal and is totally. preferable for growth, especially totally. early on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what do you think, uh, what do you think that your angel, when you initially brought him on or that team on, how do you feel like they helped to guide from there on out? Were they setting strategy and telling you what to do or were they allowing you to kind of 
man the ship and steer as you said. Yeah, like they, they let us have a pretty high level of autonomy, which was nice, like for me personally. Um, but yeah, something that honestly, it sounds funny, but that was like super, super helpful with that whole situation is they were like, hey, we would love to receive like a weekly update on how everything's going. Okay. And uh, for me, that was actually really cool because it was like, I had like, once a week like an accountability thing where i would say like this is what's going on now like further into the company it's just like a monthly update thing that i do and I, it's you know not so much like they want it i just do it you know but uh at the at the very beginning i think it's really good because it helped me like uh justify like all my time what we're spending our money on what we're doing and then as i did that it gave them like i'd be like hey this week we did this 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 and that would give them time that you should send an email back being like oh okay cool this is you know I see you're like trying to figure out like our accounting. Here's a guy I can refer to you for this. I see you're trying to work on this. Here's someone I can recommend for this. And so they were helping find resources and give ideas at the beginning, especially right when it's like very concept. Uh, and it's like, you know, I have an idea for an app, but I don't know exactly what it is, right? Like yeah. right now I can tell you all the features of our app, but it took us like a year to get to the point where we knew those are what we wanted, you know? Okay. So yeah, they were pretty instrumental at the beginning in helping us like develop and kind of like mold what the product actually was. Yeah, so that was pretty helpful. Um, so let's get a little bit more nitty nitty gritty. Um, I want to get into the details and some of the numbers just a little bit. So in terms of setting your price, right, for your membership, I downloaded the app um, and I was kind of checking out and digging into some of the different options. So talk about how you landed on the numbers that you did um, as far as the different subscription options. Yeah, so um, we tried a lot of different things. I think at the beginning it was a lot cheaper and then as we like rolled out more features and got more developers on, we started increasing the price. We kind of just looked at like the two biggest apps are Calm and Headspace and what they were charging at the time. Yeah. Um, and it was something like, I can't remember, I think they were they did like 13 bucks a month or like $100 a year or something like that. Anyways, we're kind of like, it was like the premium, right? They're obviously big companies with billion dollar valuations. This is what they're charging. And so. Uh, we went with some sort of like variable lower on that. I think when we first introduced like an annual, it was like $48 a year. Now I think we bumped it up to about $60 a yeah, year. So yeah, we found, uh, we just liked the, the annual subscriptions better. It's a lot easier. Like if you run ads or something, um, and someone buys your app, it's a lot easier to make your money back off the ad if they just get the annual subscription, like they pay $60, it doesn't, you don't have to wait for them to like renew X amount of times, like if it's like a monthly thing, you know? Right. You don't have to wait for them to renew for four or five months before you make your money back. So it's it's kind of like easier to do that. So we mostly just like encourage people to do the annual subscription. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then as far as like coming up with the price is kind of just like what people in the industry were doing yeah. and uh, what made the most sense for us to be profitable on pretty much. Yeah, and probably just seeing where you fit in and how you stack up with yeah, the existing exactly. offerings and saying, how are we different? Like, what, yeah. can we, what can we reasonably kind of expect to, yeah, to exactly. uh, acquire a customer? Yeah, that's cool. Um, in terms of the the offer, right? And I love the way that, that you kind of broke it down on the app. There was even a, a little snippet where it was like only a dollar fifteen per day, and you get this, 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 and this. You can cancel like any time. Mm, yeah. um, what are some of the the pieces or components of the of your offer um, that you feel like really set you guys apart and that are strongest? Yeah, well, the thing that we do that pretty much nobody does, right? Like, so we. We have like a feature people can record their own voice doing affirmations, that's super awesome. There is one other app that does that, that's popular. Uh, we have like a feature where you can swipe through like affirmations to like look at them. There's one other app that does that. So those are kind of things that we saw their popular apps and we included those features. The yeah. big thing that we do that nobody else does is the affirmation meditations. So we went really, that's kind of like, you know, the genesis of the whole thing. And so that's what we built as like the core. Um, and so, yeah, we really built it on, like we, we came up with like a whole bunch of categories and then affirmations within every single one of those categories. Um, so it's really built for like, no matter what someone's goals are, they'll be able to find like a bunch of different affirmations that they can incorporate into their daily routine and use and customize however they want. So yeah, yeah that's for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So in getting back to the, to the numbers question. Just quickly again, um, talk about your customer acquisition. Did you set goals at the outset where you were like, I think we can get this many people signed up by this date? Or did you, did you just kind of wing it? And then 
Um, also, where are you at now in terms of the people yeah. you enrolled? Yeah, so I mean, I think off the bat, like, you know, we were we were more just like, hey, like, let's see what we can do, right? I, mean, I think we had goals of getting to like, I remember having the goal of getting to 50,000 users was like, we're like, if we get there, it'll be, you know, amazing. Um, so right now we're at about 95,000 users, I think on it. So people that have signed up total, I think we have about between like 20 and 30 people every month that log in to the app or like use the app. Um, so there's some sort of like turn churn there on, you know, people just download apps and I have a hundred apps on my phone that yeah. I open every month, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, but, uh, as far as customer acquisition goes, uh, what we've done is kind of looked at like different platforms. We've experimented with like Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram. Oh, what what we found has been our best thing is just uh, sponsoring influencers' YouTube videos. Interesting. Yeah, that's been like the lowest cost. And I think the reason for that is because with like Facebook or YouTube, you know, you're competing with like all the other billion dollar companies that can just like dump money in to outbid you there. But like when it comes to sponsoring a person's YouTube video, like you have to reach out to that person personally. And in order to find one person that's like interested, you have to reach out to 500 people and then like 20 of them will be interested and then like 10 of them will be a price you can afford. So it's like, because it, it's like so difficult, there's a higher barrier to entry. Like, you know, a billion dollar company can't just go and like reach out to every single one and it kind of work that it takes a lot more work. So uh, you get better, you can get like more worthwhile deals. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I know that with apps too, like organic growth can be a huge driver mm -hmm. once you start to rank really highly in the uh, yeah. in the app store as well. Yeah. So yeah, right now we probably get at least a hundred users a day just organically. <laughs> um, so that's really good. And then on top of that, whatever campaign we are like running at the time. Nice. So yeah, so it, it does help. Um, and I think a lot of that also was because we invested so much in sponsoring YouTube YouTubers um, because those YouTube videos are there forever, you know? So if anyone goes and watches that YouTube video, it's still gonna tell them to come download the app. Whereas if we just spent all the money on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or YouTube ads, yeah. as soon as you decide to turn those off, yeah, then it's gone. gone. So yeah. yeah, so that's why sponsoring YouTube videos was uh, has been like a pretty effective strategy. And YouTube is like, compared to other social platforms, like we've also sponsored TikTok and stuff, but YouTube seems to just be like more evergreen and kind of just like stays relevant longer. So. True. And I think a lot of traffic is yeah. kind of going more towards video platforms yeah. and YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> um, so once you once you kind of get those those users signed up, you know you mentioned you have anywhere from twenty to thirty kind of per month that are coming back and returning to the app, correct? Uh, twenty to thirty thousand. Twenty to thirty thousand, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So um, they're coming back every month. They're logging in. They're using it pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. um, what types of feedback have you received from those from those users, and what I guess mechanisms do you guys have in place to? to do some listening. Yeah, so it's a really big point, that a really important feature of like any kind of app because what happens is if you don't have a good mechanism for getting feedback, yep. then you're just gonna get negative reviews on your app and it's like mm -hmm. super annoying when someone's like, they're like, hey, like I can't figure out how to do this on your app, so it's kind of annoying, so I deleted it at one star and then it's like, you know, it's like, bro, like I could have showed you how to do that in two seconds and maybe we didn't like lay out the UI the best way possible, you know, yeah. so. That's like my least favorite way to get feedback is just like looking at <laughs> negative reviews. I mean, you also have to do that. But what we incorporate is at the bottom of the app, we have like a, how are you liking self pause today? I saw this on another app. It just like stole the idea. Um, and it has like emojis, like angry face, frowny face, happy face, like face with like the heart on its eyes. Oh, that camera just died, but. Oh, dot. Yeah, okay. so no maybe reason. we'll want to rotate. Yeah, let's yours. rotate. Yep. Okay. Forget that thought. <laughs> that was a good thought. <clears throat> this will be cool anyways to change with the... Yeah, now we got three angles going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right, what was I talking about? Uh... Um, customer feedback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Start over. So yeah, we have a module at the bottom for customer feedback of our app that asks people how they're liking self-pods for the day when they hit, if they, if they hit the heart eye emoji, so like the one that says they love it, yeah. then we ask them for a review. If they hit the smiley face, we just say thanks. Like, cause we don't want four star reviews on the app. We just want five, five star stars. reviews. Yeah. So it's like, 
And then if it's like a frowny face or like an angry face, we're like, sorry to hear it, like what can we do better? And a lot of people message in that, um, like, oh, like can figure out how to do this thing or that thing. And they send it to us as feedback. And then we have a customer support uh, person that goes and responds to all of them individually. Um, and that helps a ton with just mitigating like negative reviews because we have someone like on hand to actually like, help people sort through whatever problem they have. Yeah. So yeah, feedback's been really good on the app. There's like a couple small bugs that we've had to work on. And whenever there's like, you do a new release and you test it and you thought everything was perfect, but there's one bug and you start getting a bunch of reviews then you gotta like quickly kind of patch it or whatever. So yeah. that happens, but it's just normal software stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'm glad you brought that up actually, because um, I think like one of the most important things for any successful tech brand um, or app is the founder maintaining, you know, a stronghold on those little things, especially in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, totally. I'm sure you can speak to this better than me, but uh, like how, how important is it for you to be hands-on and like actually know what's going on on a day-to-day -day level or on a touch point by touch point basis with your users? I think it's pretty important. In fact, I actually think customer service is like, we've gotten some of the best feature ideas from it and also the best like people hate something and it's like okay look you know because i could be like oh people are gonna love this new feature let's do this and then no one likes it or people love it um so i think what we actually have is we have like a like a slack channel where every customer service request that comes in everybody sees it so the developer sees it the customer service person sees it i see it and uh, then I just follow up like, oh, we've had three requests about the same thing. Like, what's the status on this? And I think that's really good for making sure the customers get the best experience possible. Yeah. Uh, me being on top of it and the developers being on top of it. Yeah, for sure. So what does your day to day look like? I mean, I hear your your kid out there. I mean, you've got this going on. Like, how do you manage your day? Yeah. So for me, um, my like morning or daily routine kind of thing that I that I do is I usually wake up around six, go on a run, um, and uh, I'll listen to my affirmation meditations while I'm running, I'll listen to an audiobook, um, come home, and then I will like create kind of like a, a list of my top three priorities for every day. I, if I do more than three priorities, I write them down, but then it's like, I'm, I'm like writing down my priority list for the week and it doesn't happen. But if I write three down and I'm like, I'm gonna do these three things today, I actually can get them done. Uh, that will leave me the most successful. But yeah, rate, it depends like what phase of the business we're at. Cause we went through different phases where it was like, oh my gosh, we have these new features that need to happen. So it's like, I'm designing the app, I'm designing the features the layout, figuring that out. And then like, once that's done, it's off to the developers. It's like, okay, now my new thing is like testing what they're doing or like, so there's like just different phases. Right now, the phase that I'm working a lot on is just creating content. We have like, our apps at a pretty good place where it's got a lot of the features we want. It's at a really solid place as far as the tech and content goes. So now it's like, we're creating like SEO and podcasts and social media and kind of like the, the like organic growth strategies we're pushing more. Yeah. When we first started the app, and I was waiting for all the development to be done. I invested a bunch of time and energy into like organic growth stuff and it worked really good. Yeah. But then um, there's like got to a point where we're like, okay, now we got to like scale it up fast. And so we just spent like a lot of money on ads and that kind of stuff. And so now it's kind of at a point where it's like, okay, let's like revisit the organic growth stuff and like grow it again because it's organic and it lasts forever. And you know, you can save a lot of money and your overall your company's a lot more profitable looking when it's like, you know, we get like 100 to 150 organic users a day, it's gonna be a lot more profitable than um, if like we got 150 users, but we have to pay for all of them, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So oh, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, this is, that's kind of what we're focusing on right now, but we focus on different things at different times. Got it, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you can slash your acquisition costs at different, yeah. different places by adding organic value and driving that traffic, that's that's huge. Totally. And I know that you are, you're, you're doing some pretty cool things, you're experimenting with, um, some AI related technology right now to create some content and and hopefully promote the app to, yeah. to drive some sound, some downloads. Um, can you talk about some of those things that you're doing and kind yeah of yeah I'm doing a a lot of different like growth hacking kind of things. So specifically, if anyone doesn't know, AI is going to completely take over like everything and everyone's jobs like in the next two years. It's like if you look at um. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like how the rate that technology improves like year over year, like microchips get like 10% better every year or something. AI is getting like 
60% better every year consistently. It's just like off the charts. And uh, so yeah, right now I'm literally having AI, I have had AI write 1500 articles for our website okay. on like every topic you can imagine, every Google search you can imagine around like affirmations, manifestation, meditation. And um, yes, it's written 1500, we're gonna get it up to about 5000 articles. And then I have an AI voice reader that takes each of those articles and it reads it, it sounds like flawlessly like a human, you wouldn't know. Wow. And um, and then I turn those all into podcasts. And so I was just like messing around and testing things out. I tinker and test like a lot of different things. If it works, I scale it. If not, just cut it and move on to the next thing. So I was just kind of testing out this podcast thing. And anyways, doing the strategy, I got a podcast and it, it got like 1,500, or no, uh, it got 3,500 listens in the course of like, I think like I made 14 episodes and it got, yeah, I got that on it. And so anyways, now my new thing is I'm going to create like 10 to 20 different podcasts, all doing daily episodes. And um, if you look at the growth curve on the podcast, it's just like exponential. Every time you release a new one, it exponentially grows like your daily listeners. So starting out like, you know, five listeners a day, 20 listeners a day, 50 listeners a day. And I'm like, this is amazing. And now it's like 250 listeners a day. So requiring no effort or work on your part. Yeah, no effort or work on my part. I have like some uh, virtual assistants in the Philippines that kind of like manage the mm -hmm. AI articles and turning it into like audio and uploading it. Sure. So they kind of have like the system like un like locked in under control or whatever, and they just do it, no marketing and it just grows. So yeah, that's a really big thing I'm looking at now, but it's like, honestly, look at how you can incorporate. <laughs> I don't, when I look at like a business solution now, especially in marketing, I literally just, I like, I don't even search like video editor anymore. I just search like video, AI video editor. And I'll just like find like an AI that you plug in and it like makes it into like an amazing TikTok with like captions, and, like all the stuff on it. Or like AI, like content creator, AI article writer, AI video maker, AI podcast. Like there is like everything. So yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's literally a tool or solution for every use case that you can imagine. And even those that you that you haven't yet, there's something that can help you do it better, quicker, faster, or at greater scale. Totally, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's huge. So what's next for, uh, for self-pause? Yeah, I think so for self-pause, the big thing we're doing is uh, we're looking at different ways we can incorporate AI into it. Um, so that will be kind of like the next phase. Um, right now we're working on, we're building out like a whole bunch of um, YouTube and TikTok content off of this, right? So we have the podcasts that are doing really good. We'll eventually just take those podcast audios and turn those all into YouTube videos and have someone do animations and stuff on top. So it's engaging content. Um, and then once we kind of have like that going, so it's just gonna be driving all of our organic, uh, as is the podcast that I've created, it's increased our organic downloads by about 30%. So like our organic downloads were like 100 a day, doing the podcast is like 130, and it's only been going for about 14 episodes on one podcast. So <laughs> we'll scale that to 20 podcasts and you know. Um, but yeah, once that's kind of under control and the YouTube's under control, so marketing, which is just like what's fun for me, then yeah, it'll be, we're gonna go deep on the tech again and start incorporating like AI. So essentially you'll come to the app, you'll say like, hey, these are like my goals, what I'm working on. And uh, then it will create like custom soundtracks for you beyond just like, oh, here's like a session to listen to. It will be like every part of that session will be broken into pieces and it will create like custom meditations for you based off of your goals and like who you are and what you want to accomplish. Shoot, that's amazing. So yeah, it's really crazy stuff. So that'll be like the next step for a self-pause. Sick, I can't wait to check that out and to, to be, a, be a customer for sure. Yeah, it'll, it's, it's cool, it'll be fun. Um, as we kind of approach the, the culmination of this conversation, what is one big takeaway, either business related or related to affirmations that you kind of want to leave people with? Um, I would say business related and affirmation related, the number one thing that you should do um, is to fix like, you know, you have your big goals, break down what steps you can take today or what are some goals you can take this week uh, to move you towards uh, accomplishing those goals. And then go on your phone, get the self-pause app, this feature is completely free, so just get the free version of self-pause. Uh, or if you have something else to do this, some sort of notification app, do this as well. Set a notification to come to you um, six times a day with those three 
goal, like steps towards that goal mm -hmm. that pop up six times a day. You're gonna be like just getting this notification six times a day, yeah. boom, 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 those things. And when you see those, those notifications, don't just swipe it away. Look at those three steps, visualize what each of those steps looks like, like accomplished in your life. And I promise you, every single time you see that, you're gonna be like, put your phone back in your pocket and be like, oh dang, like this first goal I have is to like get a million, uh, you know, subscribers on YouTube. Like, what do I need to do to like, push my push like the pedal on YouTube of like, oh, I need to send an email off to this editor. And like, you'll just, you'll see those and you'll take steps towards accomplishing them. It's like, it's this thing called the 369 method. So look it up if you have, if you don't know what it is already, but yeah. yeah, set a notification six times a day and think about each of those three points for nine seconds each, visualize them, think about them. Like there is nothing better that I know of to dump gasoline on like whatever you're trying to work on than seeing like your three top priorities for that week um, every single day, like throughout the day. Like you you can't get sidetracked or lose focus of like what your vision and your goals are because it's hitting you all day long. Yeah, so I love that. Cluster reminders. Yes, dude. Bring it home. Honestly, that's, that's like a really crazy thing <clears throat> I've done lately that's pretty impactful. Cool. Yeah, and I'm sure mixing that with, with affirmation work is, is Amp, you know, amplifying everything totally. that you're doing from both angles. Totally. Um, where can people go to learn more about you and to get the app? Yeah, you can search Self Pause. It's on iOS and Android, selfpause.com. <clears throat> um, if you have any questions or want to hit me up, you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn, Jaden Schaefer. Awesome. Jaden, thank you so much for your time today. Guys, Jaden is up and coming in the space. He's only 26. He has this incredible uh, business that he is going to take to the moon. I have no doubt. Um, definitely check it out if if the things that we're talking about today resonate with you. Um, affirmations are obviously a huge part of both of our lives and um, something one of the most powerful things that you can do to to heal, to create what you want in the world, and just to become the best version of yourself. I think so. Totally, totally awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks so much, man. Cool. Hey guys, that's it for this episode. Please be sure to rate, review, comment, and share. Everything helps. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is now on sale. You can visit my website, michaelbecker.org, to grab your copy. There's also a link in the description. And if you'd like to learn more about what me and my team at Neocore are building, you can visit our website, neocore.co. You can learn more there and join the waitlist for when we launch later this year.